You know, some jokes you're proud of. Other jokes are more like this one. Well, I'm sorry that we're going up late, but uh, Trump only just finished speaking a few minutes ago. Looks like his real goal is to make America late again. hey Trump vs. Hillary starts now! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Oh, that's right. Everybody knows across the land, Cleveland rocks. If that's anything that we've learned in the last four days, it's a Cleveland rocks, Cleveland rocks. Anyway, welcome to Trump versus Hillary. I am your moderator, Christian Blatt, on Twitter and Instagram, by the way, at ChristianDMZ. Uh, I'll get to our panel in a little bit, but we're very lucky to have a very special guest connected with us via Skype. It is very late back where she is in New York. Uh, a friend of mine, Shalair Miller, who is on Twitter, at Lair, L-A-I-R-E. Shalair, thank you so much for staying up so very late and joining us here on Trump vs. Hillary. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm also at Media Liars, and that's Liars with a Z. I did not know you were at Media Liars with a Z, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so... There's so many things we can talk about, you know. If 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 we had more time, we'd talk about uh, the old days, how we met at, at N- as NBC Pages, and how you used to just watch me reprimand the standby line for SNL and uh, shout at them in the morning. But no time for talk like that. We got more important things to talk about. Um, one of the things that you posted recently was that eight years ago you actually did some work, or at least were involved in the Hillary Clinton campaign. So I think. This is a great way to ask, how do you go from that to being such a vocal uh, supporter of Donald Trump? You know, it's interesting. I was a staunch volunteer for Hillary. I was in winter, you know, when it snows here in New York, we go crazy and <laughs> yes. uh, we think it's like insane. I was out there in the winter just stomping for her. And then all of a sudden, this person named Obama just showed up. And so all my friends were like, oh, you got to go for Obama. And I'm like, no, Hillary, right? When when did we start? Who was Obama? So... (laughs) I've had so many arguments with people like, no, she's this, she's that. Uh, you got to do your homework. So that's what I did. I did my homework. And she's horrible. <laughs> uh, now, so here, here's the thing. Um, I, know we haven't, I know we haven't seen each other in a long time, but you may remember that I'm white. So I don't understand any of you know, the pressure that might come with this, but try and explain for our audience what it must be like as a black woman who is so outspoken about Trump. How often, or maybe it's you know, multiple times a day, do people say you can't possibly want to vote for Trump because they remind you that you're black? Right, exactly. I'm not supposed to have my own mind. And also, you know, the same people that told me to do that research on Hillary, they're now pro-Hillary. So, you know, that's why I say people are full of shit. Can I, can I curse? Yes, you absolutely can. We'll just put a little explicit on iTunes. So, yeah, the wonders of the Internet is that you can speak your mind. Okay, so, but yeah, people are full of shit because the same ones, and I follow them, we're all friends on social media, and now they're going ham for her when they told me to do my homework on her, and I did. And so I did my homework on her, and I went ahead and voted for Obama because obviously um, I was a loyal Democrat at the time, and I, I voted for Obama in 2008. 
But I started really doing a lot of homework on it. And by then, by like 2010, I just totally stopped being a Democrat, went as an independent, signed up as an independent, and I voted for uh, Michael Bloomberg, a write-in vote for Michael Bloomberg in, uh, in the last election. Um, and so I would have voted for Michael Bloomberg again this time. But all of a sudden, another businessman showed up. <laughs> well, again, it's a New York businessman, a very successful New York businessman. And look, Trump's been running for president for about 13 months now. So at what point did you hear what he had to say and you thought, like, you know, everybody's just sort of making fun of this guy, thinking it's ridiculous. At what point was it one specific thing or when was it where you were like, you know what, actually this guy's starting to make sense for me? All right, I'll tell you when it was. It was the night of the Chicago riot, or like protest. Sure. I was sitting there watching. I still really, I didn't know who I was going to vote for. I mean, I was being invited on Fox News and stuff at that time to talk about, you know, all the politicians. And I kept saying Michael Bloomberg, and they thought I was like a pay, you know, shill for Michael <laughs> Bloomberg. And so um, all of a sudden I'm watching those protests. And to me, I was like, oh, no. I can't sit here and because to me, the way I look at it, I don't come at it from like, oh, he's horrible because I don't look at it like he's a racist. I watch these different news programs and I see that certain news programs try to paint him as a racist. But you can't paint somebody as a racist that you made a star for 15 years. So how are you now? How is he all of a sudden now a racist when you made him a star for 15 years? So that means we need to sue you then because you put this racist on for 15 years and made him, you know, number one. We all knew who he was. So that's when I, I say, no, he's not a racist. But when I saw that and I saw the people protesting in the streets and I'm like, wow, you're right there in Chicago where all these murders happen and you got they, they're paying like black people to go into his protest and act the fool when probably two blocks away someone is being killed um, by another black person. That's when I decided I was voting for him. Right. Well, you know, uh, to your earlier point, I think out of all the uh, news organizations, you know, and this is not something I thought about until you just said it. NBC News, it's probably particularly hypocritical for the way that they would portray Trump, considering how much money that the network has made at the hands of Trump. And he would tell you that he kept the network afloat with The Apprentice. And, and I, I remember him being on a show that I worked on talking about how The Apprentice was number one. It was number eight, but, you know, he wasn't far <laughs> off. You always got around a little bit with these people. Anyway, um, I want to know your specific thoughts uh, yeah, I'll ask you generally about the convention, but let's talk about uh, Trump's speech tonight. Uh, you know, you don't have to break down the whole thing. Just some of the highlights that stand out for you, Shalair. Oh, the number one for me was um, I'm with you, not I'm with her. I think I that, thought, was a, that was a very powerful closing line. You know, yeah, you want that, that to stick huge. with people. I, I'm going to be surprised if that doesn't turn up on bumper stickers and, and T-shirts and I don't know, whatever else, you know, mugs and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not with her, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, that, you yeah, know. And it was just, to me, it was really inclusive. Like, you know, I mean, there are some things, I, I, of course, I don't agree with, um, I'm not a Republican, you know. Right. So I don't agree with a lot of their agenda, and I'm no longer Democrat, so I definitely don't agree with the social, the social um, program convention that's coming up next week. But what I am, um, what I do like is that he's saying, look, we need we need to bring jobs back. And when he started pointing out how black people are doing in um, unemployment wise under Obama, that's where I felt was his 
his big shot because, and that's why right now on Twitter, liberals are going ham. Hillary now floating Cory Booker's name out there and everything because he really tapped into a lot of the um, constituents that she has. You know, he started talking about LGBT. uh, He started talking about the black unemployment numbers. He got his daughter out there to talk about women. Like, that's her her game. And he was going after it. And so I I really, I loved all of that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is is, uh, Hillary's uh, territory, I'm sure, stuff that they, they would have carved out if, if they had gone first. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was watching it knowing that I was going to talk to you tonight, and there were definitely <laughs> some moments that I was like, oh, yeah. I, I, and I would even see, you know, you tweet or write on Facebook. And, uh, look, I think that uh, he gave a uh, he gave exactly the speech that he needed to to speak to the people that he wanted to. You know, in that room, he's preaching to the choir, but uh, there were a lot of people watching who I think, you know, hearing those things are going to make it a little easier for people to vote for him. I think that it, you know, mostly people who were already predisposed to not vote for Hillary, but they didn't know what they were going to do. They're like, you know what, I'm going to feel better about Trump. Um, I did want to talk to you about uh, a great speaker early in the evening tonight, uh, uh, Mark Mark Burns. Burns. I didn't know who this guy was, but he walked in there and, you know, he's he's yelling, talking about how all lives matter. Uh, he's He's a black pastor. He's saying all lives matter. He's sweating. I, I wrote this on Facebook to you. I started sweating because he was sweating so much. Um, talk a little bit about that, when you can have a guy like that at the Republican National Convention and what that says about the narrative for how people are trying to paint the convention. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, for the longest time, of course, I was a Democrat, so I know the whole thing. You know, Republicans are racist, anti-gay, they're going to throw grandma over the cliff. I've heard all these things, you know. And so when I started actually becoming an independent and being able to see both sides, I, I understood that there was, I, there are so many, right now, there are so many black people that are going to vote for Trump and the media is not capturing it because once again they're being lazy but um, Mark Burns is one of those people he um I met him at um, because I, I I now volunteer for Trump and so I met him at the Trump Towers and he is just amazing he he's on Fox News sometimes um and so that I, I saw him there. So I knew that he would be good. I also knew, you know, there were some other really good ones. There was another preacher um, two days ago, Daryl, um, Pastor Daryl. Yeah. He was just as amazing. But Mark Burns was so good. But what happens there is black people, um, you know, we are automatically, as soon as we go against a Democrat or go against the herd, we're automatically called Uncle Tom and Coon and all these different names. You know, like they they got rid of Milo on Twitter for oh, what uh, happened with yeah, Leslie uh, Jones. Just for our audience, Milo Yiannopoulos from Breitbart, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's definitely a rabble rouser. He antagonizes people. Right. It basically started, it, it well, you can trace it back to how he didn't like the new Ghostbusters. And then it sort of degraded into people insult, insulting Leslie Jones, who, by the way, the only really good thing about the new Ghostbusters, Leslie Jones, I saw it last week. She's fantastic. I love her. But anyway, this isn't about that. But anyway, that's who Milo is. And 
Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something that's being talked about a lot this right. morning so in conservative he, he circles. Kicked off Twitter, but the attacks that happen to black conservatives on Twitter is way more vile than what Milo did and what his audience does. But because it's you know, Twitter is for social justice warriors and, you know, let's keep black people happy, then that's why they let it go on. And and so, you know, when you see someone like Burns, I went on there and I made sure to search his name and that's what I saw immediately. Uncle Tom, who is this Uncle Tom? You know, and so right. it's like, you don't even give it a chance to hear what he said. he's saying. You know, he was echoing all lives, but not in a terms of black lives doesn't matter. He said that is inclusive of black lives. And then he went on from there. But of course, the narrative on the shows that most black people watch, CNN and MSNBC, tears that down. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I was very surprised, you know, I mean, it's consistent with his message, but, uh, you know, it, it's still it's just because of what you're accustomed to, to see uh, any any black man on TV saying, all lives matter. You know, it's, you're just like, I would have noticed him because he was yelling anyway. But, uh, you know, that was definitely something that stood out. Um, yeah. And uh, I know that in general, uh, you know, we won't have to go through each night. But in general, I think you've been happy with uh, the, the main speakers. I know you thought that Donald Jr. was good. And so you feel like that to sum up the convention, they've done a good job in getting the message out for Trump's uh, Trump's campaign, right? Absolutely. I can tell you how I know they did a good job. They did a good job because then they made this Melania speech thing um, a really big thing. And it was funny. I made jokes about it. But yeah. the thing of it is, is that that same speech, Michelle Obama also plagiarized as well. But we don't get to hear about that because, again, that doesn't fit the narrative. So they make that a big deal. So then you don't get a chance to discuss Rudy Giuliani's speech. You know, and so the next night, yeah, Ted Cruz, that was off the hook. But then- <laughs> it definitely was off the hook. I love Ted Cruz. I never liked him before, but I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, he's you know? the Zodiac killer. But- <laughs> I, I, you know, I do know that that's a theory out there on the internet that uh, Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer. Yes. Allegedly, but, you know, you always have to worry so about these things. Each night, you get up and you see the, you know, the the two liberal ch- channels, and they're they're like, okay, let's make some noise, just like tonight. Trump went in everywhere I was looking. People were like, wow, this is riveting, all that. So immediately, um, CNN does this poll, and they did a poll without uh, of people not hearing any commentary, just them sitting in a room by themselves watching it and they gave it like an 80% and all, the 80% and all of them raised their hand that they would now vote for Trump. They were wow. they were not voting for Trump before they watched that speech. Every single one raised their hand and immediately Don Lemon got his marching orders to like start destroying stuff. And that's <laughs> good. And then Hillary announced that she was going to announce her VP tomorrow because that then steps up. If, if the speech had been really good, do you think that Hillary would have announced her VP tonight, maybe oh, during she, the speech? She would have sent it out. She would have Skyped it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, uh, before I, uh, I turn everything over to the, the panel, because I know that uh, they're very interested in responding to some of the things uh, that you had to say, um, the the overall so the, that's kind of the overall approach though that you think you know the the media is not really you know I guess a better question and it was sort of an awkward lead into it my apologies uh, where do you think 
you do best to get your news from. You know, obviously, uh, personally for me, I do look at a little Fox News. I'll put on PBS and I'll I'll flip around a little bit. And then on the internet, it, it can be very hard. But uh, where do you go? Where you feel like you're getting the the least biased information? The least biased. Hmm. Um, well, I I watch them all. I watch MSNBC, CNN, and I watch Fox. But I will tell you, and this is why Trump didn't like her, Megyn Kelly. This is why Trump doesn't like her because she she was doing hit pieces on him like every night, <laughs> right. um, and so like she actually. You can't tell where she stands. I don't know if she's a Republican or not. Well, the way she brought down Roger Ailes, she might be a Democrat. But <laughs> you just don't know with her. But her show, she's very, very fair. And maybe yeah. it's because she was a, an attorney. But um, that's the show. Like, even when she had, like, uh, uh, D.L. Hughley on the other day, you know, she really presents the facts. And she doesn't care about emotion. Did, she did, just presents the facts. Did you, did you mention D.L. Hughley because you remember my story that I'm not going to tell right now? Uh, no, no, they just had a fight. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, the, the, and the last thing I'll say uh, before I turn, uh, turn the questioning over to the panel is, uh, the, you know, uh, my old boss, Dennis Miller, uh, works in a capacity for Fox News. He's a commentator, and you know he says something that I've heard a lot of people say that there's no one over there telling you you know what you have to say you know what your marching orders are um, you know sure they hire guys like O'Reilly and Hannity because they you know know where they are on some issues but uh, you know he always felt like he could say whatever he wanted to you know and uh, Megan. Kelly definitely is the exception, uh, and and you're right. There's, Trump had a lot of reasons to not like her, especially if he bought into the whole. Hey, isn't this supposed to be my channel? You know. So anyway, uh, well, I will now introduce to the audience and to Shalair our panel. Uh, next to me, we have Drexel Hurd on Twitter at Drexel Hurd. Should I move into the? New you can channel? move into my shot now. Yeah, I had to. I had to not that I want to. Not that I want to move away. No, you don't I move just... away from Chelsea. Yeah. I needed to have my own shot for uh, when we were doing the interview. Uh, and uh, next to Drexel, we have uh, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia, and of course. The far end of the table, say hello, Scott. Hey, guys. <laughs> At S-Man80. Uh, so I'm just going to go from uh, who's next to me. Uh, Drexel, um, say hello to Shalair. Hello, Shalair. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very she, I'm, well. I'm sure you. that the short answer is tired since it's uh, <laughs> just about 2 a.m. But uh, anyway, I wanted to give uh, everybody on our panel a chance to uh, talk to you, Shalair. So, uh, Drexel, uh, I saw you taking some notes feverishly. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was taking notes just for my own personal enjoyment, first of all. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I said at the beginning of the show, you know, I used to be a registered Republican, and I too have seen a very different light than Shalair has. Um, so uh, so apparently we're, we're seeing very different lights. Um, you know, obviously I have a lot of issues um, with a lot of things that she said tonight, um, but as my mother once said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Uh, I appreciate, actually one of the first things that somebody said to me when I took over the new political show, Black Hollywood Live, is, do you believe that there are black Trump supporters out there? And, um, and I said, yeah, absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, like I said last night, that Trump 
Trump is pulling at, you know, less than 10% of African Americans, and that is something that's going to stand the standby. Uh, there was nothing inclusive about Donald Trump's speech tonight, which we'll talk about a little bit mm-hmm. late, later. So um, I don't know um, how much I agree with Tulare on that when um, a majority of Trump's speech tonight was about um, keeping uh, closing our borders, about immigration and uh, doom and gloom. So Okay, I, can I speak on that? Absolutely. All right, so um, uh, that whole thing. We spend over eighteen billion on illegal immigrants, and and uh, speaking just you know black lives. If you just take California, um, you know you, we got black people out here. Trump's a racist. Trump's a racist. But in California, Mexicans are doing an ethnic cleansing on blacks. They are killing blacks. That that just that, they that, are that black. is that is that is the most ridiculous thing no. I've ever. That that is. I, I'm, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you right there because now you're now you're spewing now you're spewing now you're spewing incorrect okay. facts on the show. Well, right now. You can you can dispute the facts when she finishes. Yeah. So go ahead, Shalair. The Ethnic Health Board in California released that, and there are videos. You can watch a ton of videos on in. Uh, on the news in California of people, of blacks and Mexicans having a race war in California. But hold on, I just want to get there. Not only Compton and Watts, those used to be middle class black areas. Now black people can't even flip a burger in those uh, in those areas if they don't speak Spanish. So well, Compton's they, mayor is black, so continue. Me? Compton's uh, mayor is black. She is a black millennial. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Continue. Black, oh, okay, black people are doing more than flipping burgers in Compton. Um, but but what I'm saying is that that's hurting black people, and so because the number the school systems are horrible, there all this money that's going to illegal immigrants. We're American citizens. Why not help us? Why not help the vets? So that's where I stand. That's that's the whole reason mainly why I um, started following Trump, and then when I saw the riots. Okay. Did you have a, a next item there, uh, <laughs> I know that you, um, you sort of half got into one. I, I, I did. I mean, once again, I think that the facts are wrong. I think that obviously we live in Los Angeles. I think we know Los Angeles a little bit better. Um, yeah, however, but that's the thing. The press, the, the press and, you know. It's elites, not about the press. It's about. No, hold on. But like elites and all that. We tend to forget that. This movement, the whole Bernie Sanders and Trump, that showed that there are a lot of people yeah, that but, are... But that has nothing, please not to lump yeah. the Bernie Sanders people with the you're, Trump people. No, look, I've been making the point for the, throughout the election season. Over, it's not that different than no. where it starts from. Now, right. what they believe is very different, mm-hmm. but it right. starts from the same right. dissatisfaction with mm-hmm. the system and the That's same old, same old. Now... Yeah, you know, very different candidates. I'm not Can, saying that, but it's go yeah, ahead. Yeah, one wants back to this ethnic cleansing. One wants Venezuela, and one wants everyone to have a job. Right. What were you going to say, Chelsea? <laughs> oh man, I don't even know where to begin. I, I didn't even know how to unpackage no. all of that. Uh, yeah, there was a little bit too. <laughs> There's a lot going but on. But just, um, I, I'm, there is sure. There's black on black crime, white on white crime, Latino on black crime. But I, to say that there's some like ethnic cleansing is. Uh, Wow, I, I don't. I mean, I haven't that, heard. I, that's the first and, I've heard of and, it. And so. We also know that you groups gotta, that you are, gotta know stuff to be able to comment on stuff. If you've never read it, then you can't comment on it because perhaps it doesn't exist. Mm. No, that's not true. The health department there has. You gotta be able to. You has, got the health to department use, use the term ethnic cleansing. Yes, and you also said there was of black people by Latinos. Yes, they did. If you, if if Kristen wants to give me your, um, I, I actually I'll send Christian 
and, um, the email link yeah. into yeah, the look, department. You know, so we'll put we'll put together a list so of things we I, can look into for next week. I just want to be really week. clear I on this. I haven't heard of this, but the, I was happy to look for it. This yeah. is a Latino movement to ethnically cleanse I didn't say the population. I said illegal Mexicans. Whoa! This gets better wow. and better. <laughs> Illegal Mexicans are coming to wipe out black people. Is that I what say they are coming to wipe out uh, wipe out black people? But that's what's happening. I didn't. I, I don't know that that's their main goal, but that's what's happening, and that's what has happened to those predominantly black neighborhoods um, in California. That they're ethnically, yeah. they're killing I, them. Well, or they're, they're by, by the way, I'm intentionally staying out you of the conversation. I, I just did a, I, 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 was, sure, I just did a quick Google search. Yes. Of what uh, I just put in health, health department, health, health, health department, black illegal, black illegal Mexican. I put it all in one mm-hmm. word. And the first thing that came up was five facts about illegal immigration in the U.S. by the Pew Research Center. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm, I, I'm okay. just. I'm just wondering where, what underground okay, internet we'll, site we'll, you're getting we'll your see. facts um, from. I'll I, send it to you. For, Please for, do. For your sake, Shulair, I, I, I just hope that it's not Alex Jones's InfoWars website, but I do I realize. Know, I, I, you know what? I just li- looked at yeah. Alex Jones today because Van Jones did an interview um, with one of their street reporters, and it's really good. You might want to check oh, no, it out. That, yeah, now that I heard about, but I haven't had a chance to watch. Um, I, stayed, I, I stayed <laughs> out of uh, uh, the conversation when it... Uh, applied to uh, Compton and Watts because I admit there are parts of the city that I just still feel like I probably am not comfortable going to and it's because I grew up in New York and all I ever heard about what do I know about Compton what do I know about Watts I know about that there were riots at some point and uh, so that's a generalization of course but uh, I also feel very ill-equipped to speak to it uh, <laughs> Scott you look like you wanted to say something well I mean, a few I, times I, I, there's a lot to say, and sure. I felt like we were kind of going down this rabbit hole, but I'm just going to kind of bring it back and, and ask Shalair, as because I've kind of went the other direction. I started as a Republican, went to Independent, and, and then over to Democrat. But what is it as an Independent, taking all this other stuff aside, that you feel that Donald Trump, with zero experience in law enforcement and immigration and all this stuff, is, is the person that that can do what you say he can do? What What, what is it that, that he brings to the table in that area. Okay. Um, well, when you say zero experience, remember that our current president was a community organizer before he got there. We're and talking Trump aside. We're talking, you can't bring president. I'm not talking, talking about Trump aside. Talk about Donald Trump. And he, he, he wasn't talking about immigration in the sense sure. that, that Trump has. So what but, is it that but, Trump brings that sure. he can bring to, okay. with that type of experience? I'm just curious. That, I'm trying to get there. I'm putting it in perspective because everyone wants Trump to have all this experience. I just want to have some. No, I want to have all. I want to have some. Well, no, let let her uh, at least uh, answer the question. Go ahead, Shalair. Meanwhile, the people that we have elected have hatched zero. Um, So here again, um, I feel like Donald Trump, I'm not saying I agree with everything that he says, but I just, I'm not about the status quo. I I feel like like someone said she was the secretary of the status quo, and that's an insult to status quo. Like, (laughs) the thing is, is that Trump has shown us that he has the ability to put people in place that get things done. So maybe he's going to put Rudy Giuliani in his cabinet. Maybe he's going to put, uh, I don't know, um, 
What's this fat guy in Jersey? Chris Christie. <laughs> now, by the way, there are a lot of fat guys in Jersey. You know, you know that I lived in Hoboken at one point. There are a lot Wait, of fat guys in Jersey. Can I speak to that for a second? Sure. It would seem that Sheriff Arpaio from Maricopa was, County, yeah, Arizona, Arizona would sure. be Trump's dream mm-hmm. guy, right? Right. I'm, right. Yeah, I, okay. I think that that's fairly I, accurate. Right. Yeah. You asked me, I said, maybe he'll do that. The, the answer is he has the ability to put to people put in. in okay. I hear you. Okay. And my and response. Like everyone else who takes that office does. Go ahead and finish your thought, Chelsea. Thank you. Okay. So if Sheriff Arpaio would probably be Trump's dream guy for the job, Arpaio has had a long history of involvement with uh, his own immigration uh uh, approach, right? <laughs> and it has cost Maricopa County $41 million because he has acted illegally. He is currently held in civil contempt and perhaps facing criminal contempt charges because of his handling of uh, racial profiling and detaining uh, illegal immigrants illegally. So he's the one who's breaking the law, which is, I thought, very ironic that he was spoke today at the convention, and then Trump announced himself as the law and order candidate when Arpaio himself doesn't follow the law. Not only breaking the law, but... Uh, do but, you want me to speak on that? Well, we'll let uh, Drexel finish his, say, his point, and then, Shalera, you can certainly Not only breaking the law, but obviously costing the American taxpayer qu- quite a bit of money. To your point, Shalera, where you brought up we're spending money on illegal immigrants, we're probably spending it on people like Sheriff, uh, Sheriff Arpaio, Arpaio to pay who we're trying to pay... We're spending money on the people... That are actually the problem, which are some of these people, some of these uh, uh, these Republicans in these states that um, uh, you know. No, sure. Not go, just go ahead, Republicans, sure. politicians, and that's what I'm saying. The sheriff isn't a politician; he's a sheriff. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> but, but can I say this? I want to address the part that you know we're spending all this money on. That's the problem. We're spending it, and we're okay with it. Our tax people, we're okay with just our backs being broken by our. Uh, our tax dollars being wasted. Let's get somebody in there that knows how to can, get things done can we under look at- budget and cut the waste. <laughs> Because he's not a career politician, he doesn't owe anybody anything. These people all—well, he owes a lot of people money because he's been in debt yeah. for a time. But he's but been bankrupt for a time. I hear a bunch of whining like, "Well, maybe this, but maybe that." Let's do it. Let's try it. Why don't uh, we try something? Chelsea, uh, your point that you were trying to—the waste, this waste that she's sure. speaking the, on illegal on illegals is. I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, there, there <laughs> is so illegal? much waste. That if there is waste in this air, it is so freaking minimal uh, that we can. I mean, let's start with military if you want to look at wasteful spending. Go look at what we've wasted just in Afghanistan by itself. Mm would blow this 18 whatever billion dollar uh, number that you say even if it's true out of the water. So it's it's a little bit bizarre to use this. We need to take care of our money uh, argument when it comes to illegal immigration because the we're not spending much money on them when you look comparatively at where and, we're and, putting our money. And I was going to say, when you think about Obama, you know, we talk about him as being, he's the, the, so many uh, immigrants have been deported, right. most under his watch. And uh, let's also, you know? and let's do a little bit of a history lesson, okay? The United States' involvement in Central America and Mexico has been damaging. I'm just going to use that sure. light term, yeah. okay? And m- many of our policies... Uh, some, including NAFTA, people would say, have really hurt Mexicans, Guatemalans, 
down the line, right? And they are hungry for work, for jobs, to support their families. We know that they come here and work very hard. They take the jobs that many Americans mm -hmm. will not. Right. They contribute. They pay taxes. Um, they are not committing crimes nearly at the rate that Donald Trump would have you believe, especially in the, tr the speech that he gave today. Mm -hmm. right. uh, they statistically commit fewer crimes than uh, Americans do. Mm -hmm. So this whole focus on them, that, that they're a huge source of, of problems, is just not accurate. Right. Right. Well, I think it's an understatement to say that, you know, we're not really going to come to any kind of agreement. <laughs> well, um, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I, disagree. Sure. I, I agree with every single thing she just said. And I also agree with every single thing. Um, the other guy, I'm sorry. I didn't Scott. Right, she can't see it. So, yeah, that's <laughs> right on the end. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know what? Everything you said is right. And you know what? It's because... The same old system has been running the system. So why not fix it? You, you're sitting there whining like, well, it's not that bad. Well, it's not that bad. How about make it better? You know, like, I've why never not whined make it about, better? I, well, I do have, I, well, I was a Bernie supporter, and I thought that his approach to making things better. Uh, but we're, at this moment, not talking about making things better. We're talking right. about Trump. Right. No, I was going to say, because I think we all agree. We can all agree so we want it to be better. That, and you're yeah. not hearing yeah. that you can make something better. You sat there and said, all these problems, you listed them all. Trump didn't have anything to do with those problems. Those are the same people you're going to vote back in. It's just, you, you, you don't just, even know who right. I'm voting for. I know. <laughs> we know you're not voting for Trump. If it's, if it's a two-sided coin, I think we right. probably yeah. know which way you're leaning. Uh, well, Shalera, I'm going to let you go in a moment. But what I wanted to ask you is, you know, you were very invested in watching the Republican convention. Are you just as, you know, are you planning on clearing your schedule next week? to watch the Democratic convention, or uh, it, would that be too hard for you to sit through? I mean, it's going to be like a bingo hall, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, she she barely gets three people to show up to her rallies unless she links in with a Bernie, but sure, why not? <laughs> well, well uh, you know, I uh, I look forward to talking to you about it again, uh, all of this again later in the season. Hopefully, you know, the election season. Hopefully, it'll be at a time when I don't have to keep you up so late. But uh, for all of what you have already heard, if you if you've enjoyed that and you want more. Follow Shalair on Twitter, like I do, at Lair. And I'm sorry, I forgot to write down what the other account was you wanted to mention, Shalair. Media liars. I use it with, to with attack. With a Z. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to attack people. <laughs> but Shalair, um, I, uh, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, making the time because uh, I know that... Uh, you know, you've you've talked to all sorts of other people, uh, you know, at CNN and all over the place. So uh, making some time for us here at After Buzz. I like really fighting with Chris Cuomo. We're like good <laughs> <laughs> See, but that that's that's what I like to hear too. That you know, if both sides like the fight, it's great. And uh, you know, this is exactly what I've uh, been hoping for here on uh, Trump versus Hillary. A very spirited conversation. So thank you so much. Get some sleep, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Shalera. Make America great again. Bye. <laughs> thank you, Shalera. That's Shalera Miller. Um, I want to ask somebody, what what years exactly was America this not, great nation well, that right, he too. would want to return I, us to? It's, it's a great question. I would, I'd like it, to know. I, I mean, know, I too. don't know. 
you know, it's not something I was planning on talking about, but in general, I, I feel like, maybe it's because I was a kid, I feel like everything was better when, it, you know, in like the, the, maybe the early 90s. But, you know, but I don't know how great it really was, but either. I was a child. Right, exactly. You know? Everything was easier so when you Maybe kid. that's what it is for yeah, everyone. You know, Trump wasn't a child at the time. Well, but maybe he's got tiny hands like a kid. So <laughs> so well, he was so a child in the 50s. Right. So there we go with my thought. Right, like exactly. about the 50s. So it goes back to the 50s. Uh, anyway, so... For everyone who said that uh, all this show is is a bunch of uh, cheerleaders for <laughs> Hillary Clinton, I give you Shalair Miller. Uh, and uh, we are going to have uh, conservative on the panel next week and, and thereafter. So, uh, you know, trying to keep it balanced. Uh, I was watching along in the chat room. Glad you guys were enjoying it. So we're going to uh, obviously... <laughs> Maybe go a couple minutes over uh, tonight, but you know, not too much. We're not going to go crazy. But I do want to give everybody a chance to talk about uh, Donald Trump's speech tonight, and I'll start with you, Scott, because I feel like, like me, you kind of got you know wrapped up and just pushed to the side in the last few minutes. So, uh, <laughs> Scott, you any points in the speech that you want to focus on? Go right ahead. What did you think overall of the speech in terms of you know how it played to the room there and the room and the people in their living rooms? And also your thoughts on some of the individual points. Uh, well, I thought overall um, I was impressed that he actually was able to stick to a teleprompter the whole entire time. It was an incredibly long speech. That was insane how long that it was. was. So long, It was so long that the balloons forgot to drop afterwards. <laughs> they had already fallen asleep that they couldn't even drop at the end there. They were so tired uh, yeah. because it went so long. I, I meant to actually uh, time it. It was not yeah. an hour and a half, but I think it was an hour and ten, maybe? Oh, it was over hour was, ten, I think. Right. It was at yeah. least hour sixteen, somewhere yeah, in that. Right. But it so was long. It was Yeah, I knew it wasn't quite an hour yeah. and a half, but uh, it, 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 I was smart and I added time to the TV Yes, tonight. Yeah. I... Um, it oscillated between sort of this Nixon 68 law and order to then shifting over and trying to almost um, try to appeal to some of the Democrats and some of the Bernie supporters, I think because maybe that's the only way he thinks he can win because he doesn't have a complete uh, GOP base behind him. So now he's thinking the only opportunity he has is maybe I can pick up a few Democratic uh, voters there, like the blue-collar workers that he was talking about with the economy, and then you know doing the fear-mongering, and then trying to appeal to maybe some Bernie supporters that felt left off with the rigged economy, and you know everything's against them, to even making that uh, kind of offhanded uh, comment about the LGBTQ community. Which that was very hard. interesting, yeah, because it, it, I think it might have been the first time he's seen I, the Q. Right, and, and so it was... And admittedly, like, yeah. the Q is, a, you know, in the grand scheme of things, right. it's a relatively new inclusion. Right. I feel like it was only earlier this year that I started realizing the Q was there. But, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, it really, you felt like it was one of those sort of, like, speed bumps you hit with your eyes. As you're yeah. like <laughs> and you're like, LGBTQ. Oh, yeah, Q. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, having that little comment to that and, and then saying to people in the audience as a Republican, I appreciate your applause. Thank you for that. You know, yeah. that was weird too because that was also to remind you he's a Republican. Now. Yeah, as yeah. a Republican but then also talking about the audience. What does that say about the audience there that is applauding to that? So <laughs> it was it was very odd and then trying to throw out these statistics uh, like you were mentioning earlier Chelsea just that were not accurate. Um, he brought up infrastructure again, which I thought was interesting because his son brought that up yesterday, which was a Democrat thing that yeah. Republicans have consistently voted. Well, his down. son actually is a Democrat, so that yeah. made more so, sense. But yeah. then Trump brought it up again today, talking about our airports being third world and things like that. that, that and by the way, a, when he talked about thing. the airports, I was like, this guy flies privately. Right. How, does right. he know? How does he know? Yeah. Right. But talking about that again, which again is not a Republican thing. So right. it was odd that he was trying to be law and order and fear mongering and appealing to 
the the base there, but also trying to attract some Democrats and maybe people that are you know not exactly thrilled to vote for Hillary. So I think overall, um, although I didn't agree with it, um, I thought at least the fact that he stuck to a teleprompter. Yeah, some- <laughs> well, the, the speech was very well go- written and well delivered because, you know, except for basically like the, the cue was the yeah, one moment he, where he had trouble reading. He didn't go too off uh, yeah. off script at all, and yeah. uh, he didn't do his normal Trump. So I think for him that was difficult, so I give him credit for being able to, to stick to the script there. Yeah, I wonder how long they thought it was going to read, you know, not taking into Ooh. consideration. Um, I thought one of the, uh, the more uh, interesting slash... Um, it was a little bit unnerving that every time people started chanting USA, he'd lean into the mic and also chant USA. Yes. It's usually not the way that that works. And I have nothing <laughs> against people chanting USA. I, I love this country, too, so that part's fine. Uh, but when he didn't do that, people started chanting USA, and he kind of leaned back, and he said, thank you. Yeah. And I was like, that's not what they meant. <laughs> and um, he applauded himself a lot. Yeah. Now, Chelsea, I'm going to let you speak to whatever it is that you have there in your notes. But I have three things that I wrote your name in all caps right next to. Because when he said it, I was like, oh, I want to know what Chelsea thinks of that. So there are a few points where what he said in, you know, in you know, just take it out of context, mm-hmm. what it was. I'm like, I feel like that's something that a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter would agree with. Uh, so... Uh, Hillary's owned by the special interests in a rigged mm-hmm. system. I feel like you're going to agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, she racks up all this money from those same special interests again. I feel like you agree with that. True. Um, now, this I don't know if this is the case. So uh, he said that uh, the Bernie Sanders supporters will join the Trump campaign because he's going to tackle what was Bernie's most important issue, which was trade deals. I did not mm-hmm. think that that mm-hmm. was his most important issue. <laughs> no. So let me clear this up for Trump. <laughs> yes. Do- and Donald, thanks for watching. Thanks for staying up late. We appreciate it. So the, the big Bernie issue is the corruption in our politics due to big money. Right. So it, campaign finance, um, the resulting income inequality, some of that due to policies like these trade deals. So we agree, I would say we as Bernie Sanders supporters, that the TPP is a terrible idea. Something that Hillary... Is that Trump-Pence something else? <laughs> or Trump-Pence platform. Yeah. The I almost used part- a different P word. Yeah. Yeah. There was enough swearing the, the in the tra- beginning part of the show. The Trans-Pacific Partnership is kind of a, a really hot topic issue mm-hmm. because first Hillary was for it and then she opposed it. And then recently it's been an issue as to whether the Democratic platform would support it or not. They decided to support it only because Obama's been pushing it so hard. But both Bernie and Hillary are anti-TPP, as I think they should be. Okay. Um, I I didn't know anything about TPP. Dangerous, scary. And and it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the only time that I buy into the fear-mongering. Even right. though, even though, just to be perfectly clear, Hillary was against TPP during the campaign when she campaigned against President Obama in 07, and then she was for when President when she became President Obama's Secretary of State, and now she's against it because she had to do her job as Secretary of State to promote the president's well, policies. How so, many times have we heard I was for it before right. I was against it? Well, so I mean, she know, was just, she was against just, it and yeah. then against it, right. but she was just in between. Yeah. Before I was against it, and then I was in favor of it before I was then against it again. That's, that's right. politics um, one on one, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, Politics 101 is 
well, what do you want me to mm-hmm. think? Uh, you know, and then that's how the politician will answer the question. So those are the things that I uh, wanted to ask you about. What uh, what stood out for you in terms of the the speech? Well, what was fun for me is that I had seen the leaked version mm-hmm. of right, the speech right. hours yeah. before. Mm-hmm. So I reviewed it, and then when I watched the speech itself, I sat there, you know, watching it, scrolling through my phone, seeing how well he stuck. Like this to is it. plagiarized. <laughs> He's saying yeah. it word for word. So the very one of the things that occurred to me at the very beginning is he started to say "we team," and I was like, "Oh, that's very interesting," because yeah. I know in a few lines he's about to say that uh, he knows that like nobody else that this system is broken and I don't know where he oh, yeah. of all people is so informed about right. the system and then he follows that to say and that's why I alone can fix it yeah um that part was pretty striking mm-hmm. um to me because I have no idea where he gets this idea that one person I don't know if he is he does he think he's running for dictatorship Well, I mean, I think in his mind he probably has plans that we're not aware of. And I think in... uh, Only he knows. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I I think the speech made it clear that he, you know, as much as I don't always love lawyers and don't love that politics is dominated by lawyers, some legal knowledge and political science knowledge is probably a good idea for him. Basic civics, actually. Right. Just just high school Mm -hmm. civics would be great. Okay, because for (laughs) things like, I'm going to, you know, the day I get into office, I'm going to clean up the neighborhoods and make Mm -hmm. everything safe. I don't know if he knows, but state uh, and, and local communities are largely in charge of law enforcement in those areas. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting from a Republican uh, nominee to be talking about, I'm going to go in and change all these things, fix all these things, make all these things safe when the Republican platform is all about limited government Mm -hmm. and states' rights. He seemed to trump that by saying he was going (laughs) to go in and, you know, clean things up himself the day he got into office. So that struck me as a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, bizarre. Um, But you're right, I did agree with the, you know, he's talking about big business and elite media and big donors lining up Mm -hmm. behind Hillary and... Yeah, I have to agree all that. But he didn't propose a resolution to that, except that he would solely go in and fix it. He's admitting that it exists. He didn't didn't say anything like we should, you know, anything about campaign finance Mm -hmm. reform. We shouldn't say we should close the revolving door between Congress and lobbying, Mm -hmm. um, overturning Citizens United, uh, voter registration, because GOP has been very big on the voter suppression uh, so he didn't speak to any of the solutions for fixing the rigged uh, economy, the rigged system. That's it, it's, the, the solution is not one person taking over. Right. We have to fix the system. So when he speaks to the Bernie supporters, uh, such as yourself, not speaking for only yourself, do you feel like it's accurate that uh, he's going to get their interest because he's at least addressing these things? No. Yeah, I I, I do find it hard to believe, uh, but... You know, I, if after the fact we see, you know, uh, polling amongst Bernie supporters that they turned out in record yeah. numbers well, for Trump, so far, um, I will be surprised. <laughs> but, so far, uh, the numbers you know, I've seen yeah, indicate yeah. that 85% of Bernie supporters will support Hillary. Um, 
maybe because I didn't want to remember this. It's a low number, 9%, I think I want for, to say. For Trump and the rest are all Gary Johnson not, slash stay not home. Sure. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, some people are going for the Jill Stein, Jill Stein. option. Mm-hmm. Or, or right in Michael Bloomberg. That's apparently <laughs> always an option. But there was, uh, I don't know, so many other things sure, that, about it that mm-hmm. stuck out. I'm not sure. I feel like I want to... Well, let me let Drexel up. talk and, yeah. and then we, yeah, we can... Uh, there, There's literally there's pages and yes. pages. And, you know, I don't know how much time we're actually going to have. But uh, yeah. But anyway, so Drexel, uh, just some thoughts on uh, on Mr. Trump's speech. Um, you know, I'm going to... Vox just had an article, and I pulled it up. Uh, just the headline said, uh, Donald Trump doesn't want to make America great. He wants to make it afraid. And that was the real mm-hmm. theme of the entire Republican convention. And that has been a big... That has been a... For decades, the Republican idea. Make America so afraid that you're going to vote Republican. Make America so afraid that you don't have a job that you're going to vote Republican. Make America so afraid that terrorists are going to come into this country and do something that you're going to vote Republican. And that was the theme of the Trump uh, speech tonight. Um, Like I said earlier, he spent almost 90% of his speech on immigration. As if immigrants are only coming from Mexico. And we spoke about this right right before the show. So he's, um, he's creating this idea that our friends from Australia and our friends from the United Kingdom are not equally as... Uh, our friends from Mexico, they're just not all equal in, in terms of coming into this right. country. And uh, and that is a dangerous... That what is did dangerous. you think of this comment? He's like, I'm not going to let anybody in from a country well, that's, that's been Well, that's what I was really about to mention, so I, I jotted down the quote. Yeah. So he wants to immediately suspend immigration from any nation that has been compromised by terrorism. That's a direct quote. He alluded to vetting them through some, some process, and he says, to punctuate it, we don't want them in our country. The biggest but, problem with that is that we have American terrorists right. who kill sure. us. So we're going to be putting borders around, what do we say, South yeah. Carolina, we're going to be putting borders around Orlando, we're going to be putting around Florida, we're going to be putting around states, that matter. we're going to be putting borders around Canada. Like, nobody's talking about borders at Canada. Nobody's talking about borders. We're only what, talking about borders on our southern on our, our we, southern. What I was going to say, and if you're talking about Europe, then that means what? That people can't come from Belgium? Right. France? Uh, I mean, where does that stop? Oh, I mean, that's... Actually, unless, for... unless Ellis Island says Trump yeah. on it, he doesn't want anybody to come in. Unless he's going to put uh, Trump on, on the, on the it, Statue it, it of It is one of the few pieces of real <laughs> that estate that in New York that doesn't got say Trump on it. Uh, what were you going to say, Chelsea? The reason I wanted to jump in, because you mentioned Belgium and France, and I also want to throw in Denmark, as mm-hmm. countries that pay much more in taxes than we do. Right. Trump said that, I believe the quote was, that we pay the most taxes of any country. Right. Yeah. And it is just so not, not true. true. Those right. are th- three big countries or compared or is it the countries? overall dollar amount is more because we're such bigger countries i'm not i don't know i, I was I, gonna I, say maybe this, I, I know like, business taxes are, are higher here but yeah, yeah as far as around the well, world I mean, we're, we're very low compared to around you know, the world and where we used to be right obviously the point be. about there being homegrown uh terrorism and you know things like that uh, you know even that aside i don't know that you know well we're not gonna have immigrants uh, anymore Okay, so we're also not going to have tourists from anywhere right, around. Right. You know right. what I mean? Or well, people on visas. Like, right. Just not I mean, no, it's, it's, to suspend the immigration though. is like, all right, I think you're, you're addressing a different problem entirely. That's not, you know, I do understand. I, I know enough uh, conservatives who are worried about, you know, radical Islamic terrorism, mm-hmm. and I understand that. And there is this idea that they're all going to, you know, sort of go into Mexico and, you know, do those long journeys through the desert. Oh, and walk God. across I, the border. I, I, I don't know why they don't come to Canada instead. You know, I mean, has anybody crossed have, the Canadian border? I know, you have an lately? open border. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I There's thousands got, of miles that know, are they open. They changed the Canadian border where you actually needed to have your passport. Right. 
And I actually, my passport had expired, so I'm like, oh, they'll probably send me around. They're like, ah, come on in. I'm like, see, it's not that hard. So, and this was 2000, 2008, I think. So it's not that long ago that this happened. Anyway. I mean, I know, I know we're nitpicking the, the speech. I think, But that's what from, we're I here think, for. I, I, think, I think from an overall standpoint, the base that he was talking to, I mean, it was a, it was a, I use the word fine a lot because like, well, I don't know how else to say it no, unless but, it looked more enthusiastic. Like, it was a fine For speech. who he's addressing and fine. for the people who he has a chance of convincing with that speech right. it, it was a fine speech right. it was a well done speech it was it was very well written and he delivered it in the way that Trump supporters expect to see him um, you know going on for a very long time and applauding himself but it goes back but, to what Chelsea said earlier like and, and what you brought up in terms of the Bernie Sanders portion of it there was so much in his speech that contradicted the entire GOP platform that they exactly. had, they, they had right. just um, uh, voted on uh, to be the platform. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, I will do everything in my power to protect our LGBT exactly. citizens from violence and yep. oppression when the, oh, wait, the, when the language in the GOP the platform, platform is the is, opposite is the of that. Complete opposite yeah. of that. Exactly. One of my favorite quotes was, "I, you know, we have to fight hatred and oppression from foreign ideology. Yes. Our LB- what about from our what about domestic? Our own right. What about from people. the people in this room? Yeah. What about the that? people that are exactly or uh, nobody knows the system better than me than when me. you don't even quite know the system at all or the constitution right. for that matter right um when it comes to policy i did think it was very interesting when he said that nobody knows the system better, better than, than me. people in the like, room why? laughed by the way right. and i think we're like okay yeah. this is a joke and he's you know i mean i'm sure he has certainly gained the gamed yes. the system and you know that was a slip of the tongue but he also gained from the system that he gained mm-hmm. so i don't know uh one of the things that he talked about that it really surprised me that he spent and it was only like a minute but he talked about china and the intellectual property and currency manipulators mm-hmm. Who are voters that that's that's exactly. a big ticket exactly. item? Exactly. You know, it, that's a question you get asked about in a debate. Because it's a unifying other enemy that we yeah. focus well, on. Well, the Chinese, I, I guess. I guess that's really what While it comes down to. While he's making his hats and his and his jackets and all of his clothes out of yeah. China. And, yeah. But but that was just, it, it was just like, he was like building towards something very specific. And it was like, there must have been somebody like, you got to talk about the Chinese. And it just, it, I don't know. Well, I guess when you have an hour and a half to speak, kind of like we do. No, we don't have as much time. <laughs> we don't have as much time as Trump. But, uh, yeah. Now, um, Chelsea, were you looking for something else that you well, found? Well, I did. Yeah. I definitely did want to talk about some of the things that are just inaccurate. And I won't go into all of them because it would There's take... There's not time. Right. <laughs> but let's talk about, you know, here's a, that civic saying. I will appoint the best prosecutors and law enforcement officials. Does he know he doesn't get to uh, appoint anybody outside of, like, the U.S. attorneys? like, And that federal crimes are a small portion of these crimes that he wants to address, that uh, that he wants to end. This is, you know, state, county, city, Sorry. criminal justice system, <laughs> that he doesn't appoint these people. I don't, I don't know if he knows that. It doesn't <laughs> seem that he does. No, but uh, he knows the system better than anybody. Yeah. Than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, Decades of record immigration have produced lower wages and higher unemployment for our citizens. And I like how he's, especially African-Americans and Latino workers, 
It, it's just an inaccurate. It's a pandering thing that, in my in my opinion, just came across. I as mean, right. pander. He, t- he, told- he did tell us he's he's going to do great with the African Americans. Mm-hmm. He's going to do a tremendous job with the Latino but voters. He, so this is the beginning not, of that. He right. also talked about minority poverty or poverty in inner cities. He was focusing cities on inner cities, which when right. Republican policies have consistently exactly. put those minority communities opposite. in the place. Right? And and all those inner city never now, hundred when, counties vote for Democrats. And keeping not in mind that this is more of a devil's advocate statement, but what uh, conservatives will say to you is that the perfect example of inner city urban blight is Detroit Mm -hmm. and who has run Detroit for decades. It is not Republicans. So that's always what they point to as sort of the microcosm of see, look what happens. Now obviously there are other examples, (laughs) but I think we can agree that Detroit is not the model for what any of us want our inner cities to look like. So uh, just you know, because right. Shalair's not on the phone anymore, I feel like when I when I remember things that I've heard people say. Um, I did want to get back to trade for a second because he talked about, Trump talked about how Bill Clinton signed NAFTA, one of the worst economic deals. And he wants to renegotiate NAFTA so that America gets a better deal. Now, that sounds to me like that's not NAFTA. That's AFTA. You know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> it's not benefiting Canada if, if it's just, oh, it's a good deal for us. Right. So why are Mexico and Canada going to be like, Oh, a deal that's only good for America. Sure. Oh, you like yeah. anything else we've ever done with you? Yeah, sign us up. So it he, just, he likes to point that it was signed by Bill Clinton. Yes, and of that course. is true. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was and voted on by his vice president, and his vice presidential pick voted for it. Uh, that's true exactly. too. <laughs> but it was largely negotiated by Bush one. So right. Let's not it was started in yeah exactly in the early nineties. And, and people can argue that Bill Clinton really governed from the center. He did for the most of his you know so you know balanced budget with New Gingrich right. you know uh, any of these trade policies yeah he's governing from a position of what he knows from Arkansas this Republican esque state at that time you know so I, it's it's hard to kind of. Um, you know, look at, at Clinton policies and, and say, oh, well, you know, like you said, yeah, it was a Bush one thing. He just kind of rolled it over and said, okay, we're going to appease you because now I've got to work with you and figure mm-hmm. out what, what's got to work. So, And that was 20-plus um, years, years ago when that was going on. A totally when different the world, world was very different. Very, very different. different, very different, 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 different but I, I, don't, I don't think he realizes how difficult it is to renegotiate these trade mm-hmm. deals. He, does, he can't just, like, show up and have a conversation. I, I will point out again that he does know the system better than anyone else. So, Chelsea, you're probably mistaken. It's probably very it's easy. In one of the, it's in one of the constitutional uh, articles that he made up. One of the things that he said was uh, he wants to bring jobs back to Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, and Michigan. So think about those states. New York is where he lives, and the other ones are all battleground states. Right. So if you live in a battleground state, mm-hmm. he's going to try and bring jobs to you. The rest exactly. of you, California, he is not interested no. in bringing jobs to the state. <laughs> but you know, that was very clear. What's crazy speech. is that Ohio, Ohio Governor John Kasich would disagree with him right. and say, my policies have worked for the state and of let's Ohio. Say those I are don't all, need the federal government. There are Republican right. governors in right. the majority where, of those states right. just listed. Too. Where has uh, Ohio Governor John Kasich been during the Republican Convention in his we did not mm-hmm. bring up the other day that the actual, you know, in most conventions historically, the delegation of the home state is actually in the front, right? And Ohio was like back, back in the into corner. the side, yes, <laughs> like not even like not even seen on camera. Mm-hmm. The Ohio delegate, New York was like right in front, which well, is why Ted Cruz got a big earful from the New York delegation. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, almost every one of those battleground states, though, has a Republican governor. And every one of those battleground states, like I said the other day, you know, uh, all the majority of the African Americans in those states are not going to vote for Donald Trump. If you're, like I said, if you're polling, I said, well, he's polling at 0% in Ohio. So how does he expect to win the state that he, I mean, the city that his convention's in right now? 
Like, how does he expect to win Cleveland? You can't. You can't win Cleveland without black people. <laughs> it's just I impossible. Mean, the, the Cavaliers needed LeBron. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's that simple. Uh, look, we could talk about Trump all night, but since we only have a little bit more time, I do want to talk about some of the other speakers. Uh, obviously, uh, our Twitter is at TrumpHillary16, and uh, even if you comment before next week, and even though we'll be focusing on the Democratic Convention, we'll certainly uh, respond to any feedback, any thoughts that you guys have. There is a very spirited conversation going on in the YouTube chat right now, so spirited that I can't really pay enough attention to it. <laughs> so we appreciate all of you guys yes, talking you. and being a part of it. But uh, I, I can't isolate. There's a, there's a couple of untoward things being said, but we welcome all feedback. <laughs> and I have, to, I have to sort of you know skim through all that. So uh, maybe I'll try and find those in time for next week. Uh, but before the Donald spoke, uh, his daughter Ivanka introduced him. And uh, Chelsea, you and I were speaking uh, beforehand, before we started, that I thought you know she did a great job. She told a, a, a great story sort of about being a little kid and... You know, she's I don't think she said that she was like building, you know, Lego buildings, but essentially that's the the image that I got. She's on the floor, you know, building things as a little kid Walls. while he's yeah, <laughs> she built a little Legos. Lego wall. <laughs> that's where the idea yeah. came yeah. from. So but uh what you know, she she had a, a great point which was um yeah, a, a quote that her father said to her is, if you're going to be thinking anyway, you might as well think big. So clearly, uh, you know, obviously these kids all love their father, and I can only imagine what that feels like, your dad running for president. So uh, it was very sweet. I liked hearing what she had to say. Uh, she's always sort of been the the Trump child that's the, the most out front, because right. I do remember that she was on The Apprentice mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if one of the other ones were, too. Were. But yeah, but I remember her, right. and maybe that's because I'm a man. I'll admit that. But <laughs> she's, she was great. And Chelsea, what did you think of, of her speech? Very impressive. Sure. Um, an interesting statement at the beginning that she made was, like many millennials, I'm not Republican or, or Democrat. Democrat. Mm-hmm. And that is actually something that I circled yes. and I was mm-hmm. going to ask the panel because you're at least all more uh, a little bit closer to being millennials than I am. So uh, I did not realize that that was the case when uh, Ivanka said that. that I, I don't know if statistically that is true. Or not. Maybe more of us are considering ourselves independent. But I thought right. it was a very interesting disclaimer that she put out there. It was kind of like she wanted to beat any of the criticism of her that could be made that right. she is that, not a that, Republican. I feel like that's what it is. Yeah. But, so any uh, millennials out there in the audience, tweet us at yeah. TrumpHillary16 if you do not identify, or even if you do identify, I think we'd like ma- to hear from I you. think we saw that many of us are not because of the whole melee with having to register as a Democrat in order to vote for Bernie. Well, now so, I understand that, though, that because part, yeah. you should, I, there are states with open primaries, right. and that leads to some shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I And I think that that was, that's one of my bigger criticisms of the Bernie campaign, is getting the word out in those states early to make sure that the people knew if you're going to vote for Bernie, you need to be a Democrat because, you know, you can become a Democrat very quickly. <laughs> Bernie did it. So they can do uh-huh. it too. They can just, right. you know, switch anytime. <laughs> yes, they, they can do. switch and, back too. And, and very quickly yeah, they can back right. to be an Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, and that's you know, when, when they were 
you know, the day of those primaries when they were, you know, issuing, they didn't actually issue legal challenges, but they threatened that they might. It was like, well, that's just not paying attention. That's just not reading the rules and Mm -hmm. knowing. And the Bernie camp fell into the same trap that the Hillary campaign fell into in 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 07 and 08. Like, they just were unprepared for the actual process. And the Clinton campaign faltered in, in, in 07 to the Obama campaign because the Obama campaign just knew the rules better. Um, you know, and uh, to the point where I think that Tad Devine did the Bernie Sanders campaign a disservice by not explaining the rules that he helped write in the first place. So if you if your campaign is not helping you out, what makes you think that those people? Well, were, I, were I was going to say I don't even know how Tad Devine still gets work after right. being on multiple losing uh, campaigns, but. Uh, well, kind of, you know, kind of, each each political party needs to have a Mike Murphy. Right. I actually know he's a great guy, but he ends up getting a lot of work on campaigns like Jeb! Exclamation point. Right. And, you know, great guy, but, uh, you know, sometimes these guys need to win. That's that's what it comes down to. I don't know how we ended up talking about Bernie when I wanted to talk about Ivanka. Because we're you ready bring, to move on to the Democrats. Bernie Bernie back. Bernie back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so that was a specific uh, speech yeah. that I thought was, it was good. Um, Scott, I actually wanted to ask you and you know yes i am definitely cherry picking this speaker because <laughs> of your background but uh peter Thiel, the co-founder of paypal mm-hmm. uh now this was what they said on pbs beforehand mm-hmm. that maybe he's the first openly gay man to address the republican uh, convention jim, that might be yeah jim uh was a colby this uh Senator Arizona back in 2000. Was he? He didn't openly say okay. he was. So but I he, think that that's yes. what it, I think that's, that's the difference meant. because he so, spoke in 2000 and, and he and is the, gay. And, but. The, and fun fact about that guy, the entire Texas delegation at that time got up while he was speaking and yeah. like prayed yeah. for oh, no. him yeah. while he was speaking. Like bowed heads, prayed, <laughs> he's on the stage. Mm-hmm. That's just the visual, just if you can yeah. visualize it. So he was and, out, and that's, but, that's, but it wasn't that, openly said at that. And that's the 2000, 2000. delegation, mm-hmm. which is an election that, that they actually won. So, you know, <laughs> that, that clearly helped. Did you say that? Well, know. you know what? They got their president, so at the end of <laughs> the day... To they, right, yeah, they thanks did. to my home state. Thanks to my home state, but that's a whole other story. couldn't figure out the butterfly. I know. I voted for Buchanan back in 2000. We did. So, anyway, so so first of all, you know, look, that's great look i did feel like this was a much more at least they're uh talking the talk of being more inclusive well they're having him speak they're trying and and okay he's kooky he's a libertarian yeah uh but i just in addition to that he then went on to speak about a specific issue so that sort of contrast uh, uh, i was wondering your thoughts on that well the the First of all, I thought it was very ironic when he brought up the whole issue about, uh, tr- you know, we're being distracted by petty issues like the bathroom bill. Yeah, that's which, specifically what which, I'm talking about. Yeah. one, the company PayPal left North left Carolina. Carolina. They yeah. were one of the first companies to leave because of that law. Two, it's ironic because... Those laws have been put into place by the party that he's sitting there talking about, by yeah. the Republican Party. And They're they the ones that are putting they that in. And I was like, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? Where are we at right now? Because right. it's that party that's the one that's been doing the distractions with bathroom bills, not the other way around. It, it, so it was a it very was a, odd. It was a very conflicted to, message to, to bring that yeah. up uh, when it was actually that party that's been doing that, and PayPal was yeah. the first company to leave in North Carolina. So again, right. it was very odd uh, for that, but you know. Yay for him being able to to have a, a speaking role on Thursday night. Besides that, it didn't really change anything. I don't think it's going to bring in. I don't think uh, Trump's LGBTQ yeah. mention is going to bring in any 
new voters uh, that were not already planning on voting for him unless for other fiscal Mi- issues. Unless Milo switches some, well, some right, Unless they're already I mean, there for fiscal but, they're not going to be voting for Milo is already going to vote for Trump. Mm, Milo, like, well, Yiannopoulos, who we talked about yeah. earlier. So, yeah, I think, I think they already had him. Um, so... I don't know. I think that uh, obviously there's there's so much more to talk about, but we do need to uh, turn our attention towards next week in the Democrats mm-hmm. and very informal poll that I'm not going to hold anybody to tomorrow, which is today on the mm-hmm. East Coast. Uh, Hillary's going to announce her VP. Uh, if you guys had a gut reaction, uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand, and we're not going to hold you to it if you're <laughs> wrong. You know, nobody. We're not putting any money down on this. Um, whoever wants to speak first, uh, if, if e- either of you, uh, others... Are we allowed like... to say that we've Googled this before? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Full disclosure, I suppose. Yeah. I, I, I will go last as the as the staunch Hillary supporter on the panel. <laughs> well, let uh, ladies first, then. Excellent. Well, thank you. Uh, I was not a fan of the idea of Elizabeth Warren being right. the VP. I love Elizabeth Warren. I just don't want her as a VP. So that doesn't look like... Is it because you want her to be president in the future? Is that... That was an impression I got for some a conversation we had off air. I, I, would, I would appreciate her efforts in, I, in, in moving I, in that direction. I thought her as a choice for VP, it, it's sort of a wasted opportunity in that I don't know what she brings to the table in terms of additional voters, additional support. Yes. The Bernie she is, voters. She's, the Bernie mm-hmm. voters. But you feel, if you're the Hillary campaign, you feel like you've got them anyway. You know, sure. so uh, I yeah, but so, so who then, do you think it would be? So then, my next like runner-up was Cory Booker, right? But then uh, I think I'm going to go with the uh, the uh, the article that I saw tonight <laughs> that listed Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards uh, Cory Booker uh, for no reason other than I heard his name said the most in the last uh, seventy-two <laughs> hours. Uh, Scott. I mean, it's hard to say because I, if you're looking at, you know, there's the prediction markets and everything, too, that I like to follow because I think it's kind of fun. And it's 70% say it's Tim Kaine. Is she going to do a surprise pick? Very likely she might. Chris Christie. Just yeah, put exactly. it out there. Um, Bernie Sanders would be the surprise pick. That, that would be the well, surprise pick. Yes, no, would, no, uh, no. Bernie would be. Elizabeth Warren would be. Uh, but, you know, again, the other people they have up there are, I've loved Deval Patrick, but I don't, that's not, he's not even on the list. Um, as far as you never you know, know. Maybe I know he's not on the list because for he's a reason, the guy, right? Yeah. But um, you know, besides that, it was like they were trying to float out Tom Vilsack, which I was like, Ugh, another kind of boring choice. I mean, Tim Kaine is is boring on paper, but he but he brings he kind of checks all those boxes. He brings the experience. He's a gov- former governor. He's a senator. He has uh, was on the foreign uh, committee there Oceans. in the Senate. He can speak fluent Spanish. So yeah. he's from a battleground state of Virginia, but with a Democratic governor that can appoint his replacement instead of having someone run. So, you know, it's a safe. If they're trying to gain back the Senate, they no, need to have a Democratic and senator. Virginia is one of those very tough battleground it states. It is. So he because does, it right. just depends, you know, like after the, the D.C. suburbs vote. Right. It is, it is much more red outside Exactly, that especially area, in yeah. the, uh, going towards Roanoke and, and, and the Appalachian area. That's yeah. going to be strong uh, Trump country. But, yeah, he's definitely the, the safe choice. And, uh, you know, she's very much going for the safe choice, I think, because that's sort of her wonkish character. So if I had to bet, I would say Tim Kaine. But I'm also hoping that there's going to be a nice surprise pick tomorrow and we get somebody totally different. Drexel? Um, 
I wanted Elizabeth Warren for the mere mm-hmm. fact that I really I have a lot of Bernie Sanders friends, and I really wanted those ideals that Bernie brought. And she's energetic. To that. She's energetic. She she could have carried she could have carried the message. Like I've always said, she could have carried the message out across the state. She could have just been the attack dog across the states mm-hmm. uh, and the messenger for Senate Democrats. You know, in, in terms of these states and campaigning mm-hmm. for Democrats while Hillary Clinton's governing. But Warren aside, she said tonight on Colbert that she wasn't gonna that she was not the pick, so we can cancel Warren out. Uh, now I turn my sides to Cory Booker. I'm like, okay, that's who I would like to have. But I think right. Tim Kaine at the end of the day is probably going to be the pick. Um, the only problem with Tim Kaine is that uh, as a senator right now, um, he has proposed rolling back some regulations on Wall Street. So I don't know how that's going to run over uh, with some of the Wait, Bernie with Sanders, Hillary's uh, friends, with some of the Bernie Sanders, with some of the Bernie Sanders well. fans. Right. Um, but to um, uh, to the point about. Uh, uh, Tim Kaine, he checks off everything, and he's a white male who can bring in some white male voters that Hillary Clinton might. Right. So that's her. True. That's the demographic that she's having mm-hmm, the most trouble mm-hmm. with. Um, millennials, she's having trouble with, but millennials also understand good governing. And like we understand that we need somebody that can govern. And to Kim, Tim Kaine, from his executive experience, he can be the president of the United States right, at any moment. And and you're he right, doesn't he doesn't have to learn. How he's to be the the middle aged white male, which is the hardest vote for exactly. for Clinton right now. The hardest demographic for her is the right. middle aged uh, straight white male. Right. So he brings that. So my my, my vote is base. going to go for Tim Kaine, but I would prefer mm-hmm. it to be somebody who is probably a little bit more fiery progressive right. uh, to rally the base up a little bit more. Agree. Well, we'll know tomorrow, and uh, mm-hmm. our or next... maybe tonight. Well, that's true. <laughs> Text message, I know, like I, Obama's I, did in a way, right? Uh, but uh, we will be back next Tuesday at 11 p.m. Pacific, and we'll have two nights at the convention to talk about. Uh, and then Wednesday and Thursday, it'll be just like this week, where we'll be back at 10 on those nights. Um, and I don't know how much time we can carve out in the beginning of the first show for Chelsea to react to what Bernie had to say, but mm-hmm. we will carve out lots of time for oh, it. Oh, thank you. Uh, in uh, our final minute here, I'll respond to a couple of uh, viewer responses on Twitter from David Hines. He wanted to know if Trump can still be CEO of his business and president. Nope. Uh, a friend mm-hmm. of mine, uh, Wesley Smith, who's a writer, a great conservative writer, he said, no, Trump has already said that his kids will handle it. Uh, and then on <laughs> On YouTube, uh, Regla Vacor asks, is it me or does Christian look like Nathan Lane? You're not the first to point that out. Whenever I hear it, all I can say is Hakuna Matata. And we'll see you next week. For myself, Christian Blatt, at Christian DMZ. For Drexel Hurd, at Drexel Hurd. Chelsea Galicia, at Chelsea Galicia. And Scott Moore at S-Man 80. We, oh, and of course, we're at Trump Hillary 16. <laughs> on Twitter. We will see you all Tuesday night. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate it. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 